And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Service Monster Podcast. Full compliment again today. I enjoy these little get-togethers with you guys because uh, we don't do this often enough. A lot of phone and chat conversations, but not face-to-face, so this is always fun. We're going to be talking about some Service Monster releases, uh, a couple smug posts we want to touch on, so watch for those. Um, and we're going to continue our conversation on employees. They got a lot of good engagement last week. Um, and I didn't feel like we were done. We kind of just cut it off because of time. So now we want to kind of do the second part of that process. But Adam, how do we want to kick this off, man? How we want to roll? Yeah. So a lot of what we talked about last time was sort of the, you know, Everything before the actual hire, right? The interview process, the, the job ad you put out, building a company culture. Like Joe said, you don't don't start with that with your first employee. You should have the you know um, that idea set aside ahead of time and be working towards that. Um, and so we kind of wanted to now focus more on the, okay, now you've hired someone, they've accepted the offer. And now you need to go through that onboarding process of just getting them trained up, what their expectations are, and kind of things of that notes. And also, there were a couple of quick things. I actually reached out to Eric um, over here, the CFO, just to kind of make sure something that gets missed a lot um, for a lot of you guys, especially if this is your first kind of uh, foray into the entrepreneurship world, is sort of those legal, boring things that aren't really super fun to chat about. So we'll, you know, we won't go too in depth, but just but be- we should put some weight on them, though. Yeah, they, they're really easy to miss. Like, I mean, how many times has Joe joked around like with the, the financials and things like that? Don't really want to do it, right? It's really easy to say, well, I mean, I'm not doing anything crazy, so I'm fine. But you need to protect yourself from lawsuits and make sure that you're doing things correctly um, as far as government forms and such. And I see this a little differently. Like accounting is just freaking bean counting. But when you're talking about <clears throat> real leadership and the desire to scale the enterprise you're building, getting off the truck, maybe eventually uh, not having it rely on you so much day to day. Those are goals that we all should be working toward if we want to grow a successful company. But part of that has to do with how we treat the people who choose to go on this journey with us, the, the, the best authoritarian that they could pick, as it were, um, and share a lot of their time with you. When you don't do a good job vetting people coming in, that really weighs heavy on the people that are there trying to do the work. People coming in and out, there's political issues, there's, there's, there's all kinds of weirdness. And then if you make a mistake, it's on you to deal with the repercussions of that. Here's an example. Um, the Vistage CEO kind of club that I used to belong to, there was a gentleman there in the contracting business. He was doing uh, high-rise stuff, concrete work, uh, rebar. He had like 140 employees. Well, he didn't know about some piece of paper on his I-9 or he overlooked it or he chose to ignore it. And when the Fed showed up, half of his workforce had to be let go because they weren't legal employ employable in the United States. He didn't have what he needed. 
Now, because of that, all the contracts, and you're talking big money contracts, right? This is a 30 to $40 million a year business. He couldn't fulfill those contracts. He didn't have the people. So those contracts just evaporated. And then he, you know, there's a snowball effect. Me talking to the business model, I want to go in too deep, but you can kind of track this back to, do I understand the legal uh, liability that I have? And what is my responsibility to the people that are working there? What, what happened to those other half of the employees that were in that company? Now, obviously, he's trying to build it back up. Does it go on their shoulders? And then trying to get people in the right way with the right paperwork? It's not fair to them either. So I know he lost some rock stars. As a result, they're like, man, I don't need to put up with this kind of stress. I'm just going to go place where I can work. The reason why they don't want to own a business at that point in their life is likely due to they want to do other shit. <laughs> so they don't want to take on the burden responsibility that the business has failed them in some way. And now they're the ones picking up and making up for it. So Adam, you joke about the stuff being boring, but I have seen good businesses and good business owners with the right intentions and the wrong understanding or the wrong word or the wrong mindset and get themselves in trouble on their journey to scale. And it affect a whole bunch of people because of that one dumb thing. And sometimes it's not dumb. Sometimes you got to be introspective and fix yourself. Um, I won't get too deep into that kind of a lashing, but um, it, you know, it's, it, we live in a society. <laughs> so uh, you know, the people that, choose to join your organization. You have that why from last time we talked and you've kind of gone through this interviewing process and you're excited and you've gone through some vetting and background checks and you've gotten people involved. And, you know, we talked a little bit about training. It's kind of like now what? So did Eric give you the list of things that we shouldn't chat about, Adam? Um, he didn't give me anything specific more of kind of a general thing because some of these things will vary from state to state some of That's them are, true. Are, are federal guidelines um and so forth but really it kind of boils down to just some main points first off is just document retention and storage you know making sure that anything that has personal information that you're not just having that out open to whoever it should really only be involved or, or shown to those who are involved in the hiring process you know with the resume or the HR department or ownership. A lot of you guys aren't going to have, you know, necessarily an HR department. You are the HR department, right? Um, Lean the mic, Adam. <laughs> so the other thing is we talked about this a little bit, the the proper background checks, right? That's kind of what Joe's talking about too. Like if someone um, has hid something or whatnot from the resume, you really want to have that red flag out before you make the offer, right? Um, making sure decisions are made in non-discriminatory non fashion. This ties into what Joe's talking about, you know, um, some things that you might need to analyze within yourself, uh, things that might just be said um, just from you know, your upbringing or whatever that might be actually influencing your decision. There are, there are a number of things that are very illegal, uh, right, to, you know, discriminate against someone as far as their hiring goes. So just make sure you're not doing that. Protect yourself from lawsuits and so forth. So those, those are kind of the big ones that, that he touched on. Yeah, and I think that makes sense. Look at your local state. If you don't know this, get familiar. <clears throat> what are you allowed to say? What are you allowed to ask? What are you allowed to talk about? Um, what can someone who comes aboard your company is doing fine and then some switch flips and then they decide to, you know, take 
some customers or they decide to take some finances, embezzlement or, you know, and then they have a tool if they have witnessed behavior that is on the no-no list to say, you know, this <laughs> it's leverage, right? Um, I think the bigger picture, though, is creating an environment which naturally aligns itself with what you should be doing, right? I have worked in very misogynistic environments and it's gross and I won't, I won't stay there, right? I have left good jobs just because guys are assholes and it's just, um, it's not something that happens in our company at all, period. And it's just kind of like, it's an unwritten rule that we're a safe place here, period. And, and that's, gotten even more interesting with being virtual now, but you know, the office environment is now kind of, uh, not seen or felt by a lot of people, <laughs> but we, Eric and I worked very hard to make sure that that was true. Um, non-political, we work very hard to make sure that continues to be true. And so it's, it's your responsibility as an employer. Um, to make sure you're covering that and you're knowledgeable and creating a healthy environment for people to want to come spend their time with you. So go to your state legislator, go talk to uh, an you know, attorney, um, employment related attorney or your own attorney. They'll have some information they can point you to. So um, yeah, make sure you're doing the paperwork right. Make sure you are creating a great environment for people who want to come work with you. I think you just follow that general North Star and the guidelines, which you should 100% be aware of, should take care of themselves. There should be nothing on that list <laughs> that the government says is no-no at either your state or federal level that you don't agree with in running a business at scale with employing other people. I'll put it that way. Does that make sense, Adam? Makes sense. Well said. I think from there we can kind of jump into. Um, let's say well, you've gone through all these hurdles. You've 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 you know you've done the proper steps, and now you're actually bringing that that employee on board. And I think we're going to kind of split this up in, into two paths, and they're they're definitely will, will parallel each other in a lot of ways. Um, but it's going to kind of you know differ between hiring technicians and hiring office staff, right? And so we'll just kind of make a little kind of side by side comparison there. Um, but while I say that, it's really important make sure that those groups interact. You know, don't isolate the office staff from the technicians. Don't isolate the technicians from the office staff, or, and so forth. Even if you are uh, you know virtual, like your office staff might you know be, be working from home or something for like that. Um, you don't want to create friction between those roles. I think it's it's very important. It's something that we take very seriously here at uh, Service Monster. Everyone is part of that team, right? Everyone has different roles. Um, the, the technicians might be pushing the wand or you know using the sprayer or whatever and bringing in the actual revenue. But guess what? If someone's not answering the phone, those jobs don't exist either, right? So it's kind of the same idea. And you each department's critical to your success. And you know, we talked about the example last week, you know, a lot of times with software companies, everyone will put the development team on this like like pedestal. And yes, the de like software development is incredibly complex, and these guys do an amazing job. Um, but the the dev team is just one pillar, right? There's multiple pillars. If we didn't have the sales team selling the product or the support team supporting the product, guess what? Um, developers aren't going to want to be on the phone doing those things. So, it's just kind of an important mindset to to remember. 
And they're not like white lab coats, right? Wasn't that the friends analogy? Right. Yeah. Which I've experienced that as well, being a chemist, but being on the opposite side, starting as a warehouse manager and then the same company rising to R&D biomedical polymer chemist. And, you know, people didn't have lunch <laughs> with each other, but, you know, that's just the way it was. Um, it was weird. Yeah, I think there, it's, there was a, definitely a separation. You're not ever going to, you know, not everyone is going to be friends with each other. Let's be honest. We're, we're vastly, everyone is a vastly Come on, Adam. individual. We only have like 30 people in the company. <laughs> Who well, don't you like? First off, I'm, I'm adorable. So everyone loves me, right? No, That's um, true. Uh, no, it's one of those things where you should definitely be friendly with everyone. But, you know, right. not everyone's going to necessarily be, you know, hanging out after work and things like that. And it, 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 it doesn't have to be the end of the world. It's just make sure that you're communicating <laughs> with each other and everyone feels like they are part of the team right and that's this yeah i do i do think that there is a and i might be too strict here this might be an introspection for me maybe a little bit but there there are just because of power distribution just naturally as part of the a, a hierarchical system um i'm not a big fan of like hanging out with the boys you know what I mean? <clears throat> That's not to say that we don't do things, but I'm, I mean, beside my family, I guess I don't have any friends anyway. So maybe I'm a bad example of this, <laughs> but I do try to layer it. I think that some service providers try to be buddy, buddy with their, <clears throat> with their coworkers or peers or coworkers and, and people they employ. And those are different relationships in my eye. Again, maybe I'm just an old man talking, so I'll just acquiesce. But no, I think it's definitely a great point. I mean, I've worked in numerous um, positions where if you were a manager, any manager, you weren't allowed, you know, to fraternize, um, which sounds like such a just 1970s word now. Totally I'm not able to fraternize with uh, any employees that that you manage, and I do think that the higher up you get, you know, owner, CEO, CFO, like anything of that nature, you're 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 definitely going to run into some of those issues if you're trying to be exactly like Joe said, buddy, buddy, because there are certain decisions that you have to make, you know, that aren't necessarily um, going to boil down to friendship, right? They're That's business right. decisions. I thought we were friends, man. Right. Yeah. And well, yeah, but yeah, it doesn't give you the right to show up a half an hour late to a job every day. It's all about respect and boundaries. How many times we, we brought that up before? You know, you have to have those those boundaries in any relationship, guys. Like it's actually a really important thing that I think mental health and communication skills Adam, in the country. The relationship guru. <laughs> well, I feel like it's something that you know we are we weren't all raised to really understand how to communicate those things, guys. Yeah. It's important to set those healthy boundaries, right? They're not that doesn't it's not going to necessarily harm your relationship. In fact, it's going to make it that much better because people know where they stand, right? And so. Yeah, that's a hard one to navigate. We could do a whole show on that, but I don't necessarily think I have the most modern point of view in that regard right now anyway. So, Well, with that, I mean, I think we can kind of just kind of start with our, our two paths, right? And, and by the way, guys, we're not going to sit here and say that we know better than you guys how to train someone, how to actually do the technical skills. You guys have put in years, decades of work on these things. You've gone through various you know training environments, whatever it might be. Um, but 
we want to make sure that you guys have a plan in place and it's not just we're showing up to, you know, Bob's house and you're going to watch me push the wand and we're going to just repeat that for four weeks and then I'm going to give it to you. All right. That's not really how this, you want this to go. You want to make sure you have outlined all the technical skills that you expect that person to be able to perform, whether they're as part of a team member or working solo eventually, right? If you're, if you're building them up to eventually be running their own truck. Um, and that is going to differ by your industry, right? So you guys need to kind of just have that outlined. And we've talked about having SOPs, right? Whether there's something that you have just a big old binder in the truck that they need to follow, or if you want to kind of more modernize that, um, have a website that has those SOPs and what the ex- expectations are. Or if you want them to actually be going to you know, have training classes already set up, maybe that you're paying for or something like that, that you want them to go through as well on top of the on-the-job training. So just kind of important to have that, that baseline. Is there anything you want to mention on that, Joe, before I go to the next bit? Yeah, I mean, I could tip my hat to a book, um, E-Myth Revisited. And the concept of this book is preparing your business, whether you want it to be a franchise or not, but to be franchise number one. You may never, ever be franchise number two. But if you do all the things necessary and document and create a system for everything that you have. You have a system for hiring people or hunting for new employees. You have a system for training them. You have a system to help them in their day-to-day life. You've got a system for your accounting. You've got a system for, you've got this built-in machine that people or tools, software and so forth can come in and perform these functions. If you can do that and document it and get that rolling, then it makes it much easier to scale. And it gives the people who work there, especially the new people, a place to go when they need help, a hierarchical step. I looked here first. I looked here next. I talked to this person next before they need to get to you or you know a manager or taking the time of an office person because you don't want the employee to feel abandoned nor do you want them bugging someone every five minutes to annoy them or you. And so you need some stuff in between that they can do on their own that really makes stuff work. And so um, documenting this is a big deal. So again, more of the boring stuff, right? And then you've got to have meta documentation, which is information about the documentation like What's your naming convention? How are you, how are you going to search for this kind of stuff? How is it going to be made available? What does that system look like? Are you using Google Docs so everybody can get it online? That's fine. What about folder structures and file names to make things easy and easily searchable? Um, and so you got to think about this kind of meta documentation as a result of now needing the documentation. So that takes a lot of time. And then it's got to be continually updated. And maybe somebody, an old timer comes on and says, oh man, if you, I don't do it that way because I do it this way. And now you have a document that says, okay, cool. Let's modify the document if I agree with your methodology. If not, then let's test it against what we have and see, really see which one's better. What's your time to operate? Go ahead and learn it as this company does it. Do that for a while. Do it your way for a while. And then come, tell me what you think. I give them an opportunity to participate in that process, but then maybe evolve the documentation, right? And then auditing, <laughs> you know, every once in a while things should be audited. And we're talking about as things really start growing, you're getting 10, 12, 14 people, 
you know, but these are things that if you lay the foundation with, even when you're starting small at your first or second or third hire, now I'm not saying you have to document your entire flipping company before you make your first hire. It sure be kind of cool though. And maybe not everything, right? Maybe have formulated in your head so that it's a coffee conversation over lunch, right? This is how we do things. This is how it works. Napkin conversations. And then, you know, it, there'll be a natural evolution, again, incrementalists, um, and, and building this, codifying this philosophy of incrementalism. And it's just slowly over time, you'll document everything that's important. And then the thing you'll prioritize based off that importance, right? So anyways, you can go on and on about documentation as well, but getting yourself set up to win on that front long-term will, man, it'll rapidly grow. Then again, all you'll need to worry about is the leads and sales funnel. Build yeah. everything else out. I think a really, really easy way to know if you've done a good job at this or not is if you find yourself getting annoyed of your new trainee or employee constantly asking you how to do something um, and so forth. I'm not saying every scenario of this, right? They might just not be retaining the information that you're giving to them. But if like Joe mentioned, if they don't have step A, B, or C to go through, they're they're going to go in immediately to you, right? Because they don't have any other way to look that up. They're not necessarily going to want to do that because it makes them feel like they look incompetent or something like that. They want those other processes to check themselves. We don't learn and store information, you know, where we just read something one time and it's just there forever. We have to go through that process a few times and you want, or they're going to want to be able to have that access, right? It's going to make their job less stressful because, going, oh, look, I have this place to go to when I forgot something and I can double check my work. It makes me feel more confident doing that work, right? And so that's a big thing too that I know I touched on it really briefly last week, but I'll plug it again. The cleaning podcast that Joe did, which actually was like five or six months ago, because time is an illusion at this point. It doesn't makes no sense. Um, but he sat down with Brandon Vaughn, and they had a phenomenal podcast. I highly recommend you, you guys listen to that. First, both Joe and Brandon, you know, talk about some really great things. But Brandon really talks about, you know, employees crave structure. It doesn't mean that they want to just go through, okay, 8 o'clock every single day you're doing this. At 8.05 every single day you're doing this. They just want to yeah. have that basic, the the bumper lanes, right? We talk about that. They want to make sure that they're, they know what their expectations are. They know what, you know, the guidelines are for the work that they're doing. And they want to be able to just, you know, run in that lane, right? It, I think I can sum up a lot of what's necessary to start to build a business scale it and have decent leadership in one word perspective if you can put yourself in the mind frame of the new employee and walk yourself through that process if you can have that perspective because it's a big shift once you realize somebody else has a completely different point of view on something and you go oh they're not an idiot. They didn't have the right roadmap. And so they created a roadmap out of ignorance and it was wrong and I berated them for it. As opposed to having the perspective to know, wow, they don't know what I know. They come from a completely different background. They don't have the experience, but I see what's good within them to help me build this business. And so helping them understand that from that perspective, having their perspective, building a roadmap that 
they, you being them in your own head, are able to build a process out that really helps people come on board the way you want them to. But it's that perspective that's required. I see a lot of business owners when they start first start hiring employees, I told them how to do it and they're not doing it right. Well, what does that even mean? And what, how did you teach them how to do that? Did you show it? Did you do it in their presence one time and then throw the rag at them and walk away? Or did you actually think about where they're coming from and educate them on that premise? Mary and I have had those conversations at the, I'm sure she thought I was a crazy person at first because we'd have these weekly conversations and I'd be talking very philosophically. There she is. Hi, Mary. <laughs> I'm talking philosophically about how we approach clients. Um, and there was a lot of philosophy in there and to a new employee. I'm sure that was very interesting, but she smiled and nodded and, and I know she understood it. So we have uh, amazing content as a result. <clears throat> But it's that perspective, right? Can you put them in? I knew she thought I was crazy every time I hung up the phone. But that doesn't <laughs> change the mission. It doesn't change the mission. So, um, it you know, walking them through from their point of view and having that perspective, that's important. Whether you're building training material, like what I'm referencing here, or you're training a new employee, um, it's, a, you know, that, it's the perspective that you need in order to make this happen. Yeah. I think another little tidbit I throw in there that I'm sure some of you guys, some of the vets are already well aware of this. Um, something that my uh, grandpa taught me, he was a, a carpenter, did some phenomenal work, literally built his home from scratch. It was a log cabin. It was amazing. Um, but uh, he would always show me how to do something and he would ask me, did you get that? How many times has everyone who's listening been asked, oh yeah, do you understand that? Have any of you guys actually just been like, oh no, I, I didn't understand any of that. Even if the particular action that he did was kind of like, well, I didn't really understand that, but you know, the 13 year old me didn't want to look like an idiot to my grandpa. And so he, he would always, he would always then break apart or undo what he did and be like, okay, show me. And then do that a couple of times. And that way it gives you the, the time to a, to go through the action because that's how we learn as human beings. And B it also, you know, People lie. We just talked about this last week. People lie because they don't want to come off looking, you know, insecure or incompetent or whatever it might be. And then for really basic tasks, obviously this, you know, dial that back a little bit. If they can't figure out how to, you know, sweep something and there might be a few problems going on there. Right. But it's just kind of one of those helpful teaching techniques, especially when you're dealing with a lot of um, very complex kind of movements and equipment and things like that. So. Um, the only thing I wanted to add on top of that, we already kind of dove into uh, processes, right? And so I focus kind of initially on on the on the technical side as far as like the equipment that they're using, and then Joe kind of expanded that. That's really you know that's going to fall under a lot of things. So if you're using a CRM, right, make sure that they understand what is expected of them, and also if you have an office staff um, or someone who's going to be working on this, maybe acquiesce a little bit of that you know knowledge or that um, write-up process to them, right? Because they're the ones that are going to have to be cleaning up the mess if the technician doesn't enter things incorrectly, right? And to remember what I talked about with those friction points, you don't want the office staff every day to be like, oh, well, Bob literally is using the wrong products and services and he's not doing this. Now I got to spend 15 minutes cleaning this up when I should be going home and picking up groceries or whatever, right? You, you want them to be on the same page because otherwise at some point that could flare up, right? 
Um, and then the last thing I wanted to just touch on uh, that Joe mentioned a few times last week too is just the um, the client interaction, right? What are the expectations? So do you have a uni- uniform, um, hygiene, you know, demeanor, things of that nature that somewhat might need to be taught? You might have someone who's a phenomenal tech and is a little bit shy and, and just isn't, you know, is kind of awkward around uh, the clients at first. And so that's, you know, a good time to talk about, you know, sales training or just, you know, client interaction training. Uh, I chatted with uh, Kevin, our sales and support manager, and a lot of things that he does initially with with new employees and such is just kind of like, hey, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some, you know, some various scenarios and we're going to kind of go through them. Um, it might seem silly at first, Ryan, especially if you, you know, don't have an active background and you're playing these out. Um, but be able to give them advice on um, certain exact scenarios, like and have them kind of written up ahead of time and play that out. And then as you go through this iterative process, which is something that Joe talks about a lot, right? The, the iterative process. Um, as they start going off on their own, um, and you're kind of just you know sidecarring, kind of watching them, seeing how they're doing, then coach them, right? When, when an example comes out that you know might need some work, or vice versa was really well, you know, let them know and kind of have a have a plan to at the next meeting time, whatever that is, kind of go through and be like, here's how you could have handled that differently that might have led to an upsell or something like that. Yeah, and touching on that, maybe moving it up a level. You should be fostering. We should do this in our culture because it'd be so good for society. But we, in your business, at least, you should foster a culture where I don't know is normalized. Th- that completely eliminates, you know, some of the things that Adam talks about employees fibbing or worrying about they that they're going to get in trouble or because they don't know something or, you know, feeling like they need. It's crazy. There were studies done on middle management of corporate companies, um, middle management, it seems is just a completely lying Joe's videos, cutting out Vimeo for everyone. Oh, my videos cut out. That's fun. Uh, Adam, why don't you take over? Yeah, it's just, it's just a little bit. I don't choppy, know. Technical, I don't know. Technical issues. But yeah, Go. what Joe's talking about is just having the ability to say, Hey, I, I don't know. And, you know, not having a negative reaction from that. And yeah, that's definitely like the, the point. If you can foster that, that, that culture, it's something I, I talk about a lot in the meetings that I run. Um, same with, with Joe, um, the meetings that he's running. It's an okay thing if you don't know the answer because, you know, not everyone's going to have every single answer of the universe locked in. But you know what we can do? Let's find out, right? Or let's show show you how to do that or so on. And if you if you show them and you you actually fall behind that that mantra and prove to them that you're not going to freak out if they don't know something, then you're going to have a much you know lower stress level of your employees and a much more honest kind of response, so that when you ask them something, you understand that they're going to reply truthfully. And so, I think that's that's definitely a major 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 talking point in general. Like we just joked about with uh, you know just improving communication skills and such like that in our society. So, um, I think, uh, we'll, we'll jump over to the office staff. If, if some point, um, Joe's internet kind of comes back here better, we'll, uh, maybe jump back, but the office staff is going to be treated a little bit differently, right? Because like I said, you might be working virtually, um, and they're not going to necessarily be focused on the technical aspects of the job. Right. And so there's, 
there's a whole other layer for them that they need to learn the system processes first. So, you know, if you're using a CRM, um, how that interacts with maybe your accounting software, um, processing payments, things of that nature, that needs to be locked down first and foremost, right? And so we have SOPs and we have training modules that kind of the first few weeks that we do here at Service Monster for new sales and support reps, and it would be very similar, right? And then you're going to want to have some basic kind of just processes that when you bring that person on, we go through step A, B, C, and D, right? And then learn those first, and then we'll expand upon that. And we have help articles that you guys can utilize to help. We have in-app training that we want to make sure that those basic processes are there for anyone who needs to get into the system and they can help. And we'll actually have Mary jump into um, just after this show kind of a few of those things that can help those new employees get help from not necessarily even just you, but also from our staff, right? Because we're here to support you guys. Um, and then obviously, everything that we talked about client interaction falls into the office staff too, right? You're going to want to be going through those scenarios, those phone scenarios, have something that, that records those, those calls. Uh, first off, just from a liability standpoint. Um, second off, it's a really great training tool, right? Um, especially if you have something that allows you to sidecar, um, sit on and listen to those calls uh, and just kind of, you know, don't interrupt them necessarily unless something super egregious happens and you want to kind of save them. But um Make sure that you're able to listen to that and, and coach them on on how to how to sell things, how to respond to certain in inquiries. I think the biggest thing that I used to hear in onboarding from owner operators kind of acquiescing the sales process to someone else is, well, they're not going to know what I know. And of course they won't. You have 10, 15, 20, 40 years sometimes of experience of cleaning these things. It's amazing. It's like... <laughs> Man, it's like that old the old joke when you walk into Home Depot, you need to have, you know, some support. Don't ask the guys wearing the aprons. You know, find some, you know, 50-year-old contractor looking guy and just be hey, I'm doing this thing. And they'll just, they'll explain the whole world to you, right? Because they're, oh, yeah, no, you got, you know, just list out all the things you might need because that experience matters. And um, my point, though, is we when we ran super agents, you know, those agents that were running those didn't necessarily have a background in carpet cleaning, Right. And super agents across the board um, had rave reviews. Right. And it was just mostly because the owners themselves could lay out kind of what the expectations were. They could coach them through things. If something came up that they didn't know, they would have kind of a basic process uh, to go to. And then they would contact the owners and they would kind of, you know, improve again that iterative process. Right. So kind of went through a lot of things quickly there. But um, Joe, are you back? Do you want to touch on any of this? <clears throat> Um, how's my video? How's my, do you get my audio at least? The audio is pretty good. It's slightly choppy, but. Just put me on, uh, put me on audio only, Justin. I can just be the voice in the ether. <laughs> my audio still comes through when you, when you do the three up, right? Robotish. Oh, well, never mind. Carry on. Maybe invite well, I think, uh, um, Mary or Michael to make an opinion about their experience. Yeah. Mary, don't ask Mary, though. <laughs> <laughs> she was our first virtual employee. Yeah, Absolutely we, first virtual employee. And, and I threw her into the fire. Hope she's like that the guinea pig. Survive. I think, I think the main point. <laughs> no, she wasn't that. even. The, there was no system. So she there wasn't was no a guinea, guinea pig. pig for anything. There was no guinea There's pig. <laughs> Just the fire. <laughs> oh, the important no. thing to take from that, I think, was that Joe and I were both very honest with Mary. I think she she attests to that. They're like, listen, 
this is not an environment we thought we were going to find ourselves in, especially not with, you know, 10 days notice. Um, and it definitely wasn't the situation Mary thought she was coming into either. I mean, their first couple of days were expected to be in the office. Um, but why don't you just, why don't you just talk about that a little bit and kind of your first few weeks and, and things we did right, maybe things we didn't do well that, that could help a prospective owner operator. Yeah, well, I mean, no one could have expected what I what I came into this job with quarantining and transitioning over. I think what worked the best is I felt so much support coming into this position, and I I felt like I could come in and ask dumb questions. And <laughs> I think it's uh, in the in the past when working, it's really embarrassing to sometimes sometimes ask those questions that feel like they should be so obvious. And I'm like, I feel like I should know where to look for this, but I don't, you know, I don't have all these resources built in my toolkit yet. And so I felt like I could ask those dumb questions, and you all created an environment where that was okay. And so. I, I think that that's so important. So later in the future, I can come to you and ask questions and I don't have to feel like that's an embarrassing thing or I need to know everything because, you know, life is such a growing process and we're all continuing to learn. And I think that that's such an important thing to build into your business, that your employees can come to you if they are are blanking on something or they have the resources so that if something does go wrong in the future, it isn't like an embarrassing cover up. They're trying to hide it from you. It's, you know, it can actually be a conversation that can be had. So yeah, I've, I super value, even even though it's online, the communication that we've been able to have and that um, the team has been so supportive of me. I've been I've been really lucky. Um, and that I've also had the opportunity to kind of go on my own and do research and learn a lot more about the carpet cleaning industry and power washing and all these kind of sectors where like I worked a little bit in cleaning when I was in college, but it's a different perspective from the owner operator. So, uh, and then also getting to communicate with so many owner operators themselves and get their perspective on things and what works well for them, what doesn't. Like so much of what I teach now is stuff I've indirectly learned through my early trainings and early calls with people of like, oh, this does work. Oh, this doesn't work. I, and uh, just building off of that. So just a lot of a lot of experience based as well, I guess. Yeah. Note to self, Mary must talk more. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, I try. No, that was so good. It was so good. And and some of that was intentional, right? We have a process by which we set people down and they have to go through customer support. And, you know, I, we're trying to transition Mary off of individual onboarding help to more making sure everything's documented correctly and the webinars are running smoothly and that, you know, that onboarding process can scale because we're doing this ourselves with our own clients. So, um, you know, you kind of have to be processing these systems over time and getting better and better people to go along with it. So thank you, Mary. Yeah. Michael, anything you want to add to that? I was, I was actually thinking, I was like, man, it's so long ago. I'm trying to think, like, remember that, uh, when I first came here, I know that a lot of it, um, I remember Joe and I would have these like long, not super long, but these conversations where, where you, Joe, you would, um, be, uh, just basically dumping a bunch of information. I was just like, just tell me a bunch of stuff. And it was great. Um, cause that's how I, how I learned a lot was just like these conversations where I'd get a bunch of information on like one, one topic, usually one aspect of the company, whether it was 
how the development process works or some marketing thing, obviously, since I was marketing. Um, but we'd have these conversations and then I would have time to go and digest it and figure it out and still be able to um, like, like go through that, that process, which for me, like very hands-on of learning myself, figuring things out for myself. Um, but I wasn't totally left alone. Like, like Joe, you were the primary person who I was communicating with during that time when I was new. And you were able to tell me things, coach me on things. But then I also had the freedom to um, go off and learn stuff on my own, which has been um, kind of like a really fun process through my almost three years here. Now at this point of there's been times where I've just figured something out on my own and it's really fun. And it's been, it's been cool. So I think like we've talked about having these systems and how important those systems are in place. But going back to what Adam said earlier about not um, being at where it's like at eight o'clock, they do this and eight oh five, they do this every day, like not being so structured to where it's like confined and they have no freedom, but there's still structure in place, but they have the freedom to go off and um, develop skills on their own. Um, as long as obviously as it directly benefits the business. Cause I've, I've had a lot of success in, in that, um, and my time here at Service Monster, but regarding the initial hire time, <laughs> I don't even remember much of uh, else from when that was going on. It was so long ago, but yeah, obviously yeah. it worked. <laughs> so well, and you you had a unique position too, right? You came yeah. in and had to inherit your predecessor's everything. Yeah, because content distribution, right, is a is a drumbeat, yep. and so you had to figure out what the hell kind of drum you were playing. Yep. And, uh, and so that took a minute yeah. and then listen to all the things that I absolutely hated with the current drum, namely the number one thing being just the website in general yep. <laughs> after 11 iterations, guys, your website woes, <laughs> like I feel them, you know, we've had 15 now complete rebuilds of the service monster website over the 18 years. Um, and so, you know, and there was a couple long stretches there because, Google liked things not changing so much for a while. And so we were happy with that because we were not focused on building our website. But, um, you know, we've been set through several iterations, but your first big challenge was to completely rewrite and replatform our website. And so, yeah, you probably got locked in the haze of here's all the documentation that you got dumped into. Because I don't even think Megan was here when you were when you started no no she wasn't yeah so um so she documented a bunch of stuff kind of half heart you know half-heartedly as it were i don't know how good the documentation really was but you figured it out i figured yeah i was gonna say it it was enough to get me get me there you know yeah so, so got you there yeah. um and then uh yeah and then then it was just a series of let's change this let's change that let's analyze this and it's like i think you got slow baked Right. As you were learning the job and then I came at you with these projects just over time, you know, you, you got all the tools. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Uh, Cause uh, you know, you do, you do a remarkable job for the company in that regard. So very cool. I'm glad uh, the audio video back. We all good. Yeah. I, th I think everything's good. Yeah, I think, I think so. too. Um, at this point, if there's any, is there anything else you want to mention since we you were offline there for a bit before we move on? God, no, we should be wrapping this up. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we, we could do a whole other one. I mean, we just could we could Part riff three. on this for a week. Well, maybe that's what we should start doing and letting topics breathe and getting everybody in, invited. 
Yeah. Just, hey, leave a comment in the comment section if you guys think that would be a good idea. It, it, we just do one topic and we actually let it breathe. And we do a 40 minute hour long podcast and half an hour of that is this kind of stuff. But everybody's involved and feels like they can participate. So if that'd be something you'd be interested, leave a comment and uh, let us know. Or, or if you think it's a horrible idea and we should just stick to these rotating content, let us know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So with that said, uh, we got a quick little fun show and tell. Uh, Mary, if you want to get prepped for that, she's going to kind of just go over just some really basic things that you're going to want to know when you bring a new employee on and need to get them into Service Monster, right? So uh, Mary, why don't you take it away? Sure. Yeah. So the first thing we're going to be looking at is just how you can set up an employee or user in the system. Um, So I'm logged in as an administrative account right now. So I kind of have all of the power in the system. Uh, So we'll hop into our settings and then go into employees and users. And here you'll be able to see your list of employees in the system. And you can create a new one by clicking on the plus new employee button. Uh, The one piece of information you have to include is a name for them. So it's going to be a podcast, Uh, but you can add other information like a last name, phone number to reach them, details about the employee, their address, and you can also assign them from a route right from here as well as make a new route. Um, But when I click save, that employee is made in the system. Uh, But say you want this person to have access to either the desktop version or the mobile version of Service Monster. For that, you'll want to set up a user for them. So I'll hop over to the user tab right here. This is where you can create a username and password for them that they'll use to log in as uh, along with your company's ID number. So we can give them a name and add in a password. And we do have password requirements now, so keep that in mind. You do have to have at least six characters, an uppercase, a lowercase, and a number. And in here as well, you'll notice we also have the option to select a security role. This is what limits what information uh, this technician or employee can see or what they can do within the system. Uh, And we do have a help page set up that breaks down what different employees or users have access to. Uh, If you go to, if you search security roles on the help site, that's probably the easiest way to get to it. But if you're curious about what they do have access to, we have a couple of different charts set up that do break that down. Uh, And I'll show you what some of those look like as well. For this one, we can set them up as a technician. And when I click save, that user is set up. So now they can log in either with the desktop version or mobile version of Service Monster, and that kind of depends on their security role as well. So to show you a bit of this, again, this is what the uh, screen looks like when we're logged in as a admin in the system. And for managers, it looks pretty similar. Managers do have a couple of limitations, like they can't set up users in the system. Uh, But we'll hop over and check out what an agent looks like to log in. So, again, they'll just use the same company ID number. And when I sign in as an agent, you'll see immediately their home screen looks a little bit different and their side menu also looks different. They have different access. So here they can see their activities that are assigned to them as well as all of the appointments for the day. They'll be able to create new accounts, orders, appointments, and activities. And along the side here, they have access to view the leads list, activities, and accounts, orders, and scheduling. So they have a much more simplified version of Service Monster available to them. 
And then if I go to log in as say a technician, we will find that I am not allowed to because technicians do only have access to the mobile version. So you'll get this little uh, pop-up that says, hey, hop on to the mobile version. Um, and while I can't show you my phone directly right now, I can show you quickly on um, this video I'd made what kind of the difference looks like between the technician and admin view of the mobile app. So technicians have a much more simplified view. They can view basically just information about appointments or activities that are directly assigned to them. Whereas the admins, of course, they have access to everything within the app. Um, so yeah, those are kind of our different levels and how you can set up an employee or user in the system. And, sorry. Go. No, actually, I'm amazed you're so organized. <laughs> I know, I was, I was impressed. All those passwords and logins, wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do have them all listed out now for myself. Uh, from here, I think we also had talked about maybe covering commissions quickly. Do we still want to do that? I know we did do that in a previous podcast as well, though. I'd at least just show uh, how to how to quickly set one up and assign it to, a, to an employee. Yeah, so say you want to set up commissions for your employee, we can hop into settings again here and go into commission rates. And this is where you can view, set up, edit, or create your commission rates. So you can make a new one by clicking plus commission rate here. And you can give it a name, make sure it's easy for you to recognize. So I'll say that this is the podcast rate. Uh, you can choose if it's active or not. Um, what uh, here you can also choose if you want it to be a base sales rate, an up sales rate, and if that's going to be a percent rate or a flat rate that's going to be applied. So I'll say we get 25% uh, on base sales, 30% for up sale, and save, and that uh, commission rate is created. And then to assign it to an employee, I'll go back into my settings, into employees and users. I'll find the employee I want to apply it to and click on their name. And then in options, there's a commissions box here, and this is where you can select what their commission rate should be, either if they are assigned to an appointment as a technician or assigned to an order as a sales rep. So I can pick my podcast rate for tech and save. And that is set up. Um, if you have it set in your company info uh, for auto commissions to be applied, those will automatically be applied for you. So when you go through the completion wizard process, that will automatically be set up. If you decide you don't want that and leave this unchecked, you'll just have to be the one to um, click on the like add commissions button when you're going through that completion wizard process. Yeah, I think um, two quick things. If you just want to jump to the uh, employee page again, yeah. Just some useful kind of info for you guys. First and foremost, I don't know if you guys caught that fast enough. Do you just want to hover over that help icon in the, the upper right there? Each page um, that has this icon has a help link that's directly tied to that. And so it's going to kind of give you really specific information. So this is the employee page, right? And it goes through and explains what each section's for <sighs> and can really help you guys if you have questions beautiful. on that, that nature. Um the one thing that will sometimes pop up is, well, what's the point of putting all my employee information here? You guys need to think of that employee page as just like, is a really basic kind of HR document that management has access to. 
because guess what? If Bob is, you know, having issues or his, his truck ran down or something and you don't have his phone number in here, you don't have like a secondary contact, you like imagine like that panic that you're trying to get through to someone who has that information, right? That's why HR documentation exists. So you can kind of think of this as this first page is just really basic kind of understanding of the information behind the employee. And then you can also label them on the left side. There's those check marks as a technician or a sales rep or both. And that's kind of very specifically tied to the actions that are going to be um, required, right? And if they're getting commission based on each of those. So just kind of some nice things to point out. Also, if... Oh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say notifications, right? Yep. If you want notifications, you've got to tie in the correct information here. So your uh, email address and whatnot. Yeah. And if they're not having a commission rate, you just want to track their basic um, pay as far as tracking cost of goods sold, which we've talked about in the podcast before. Um, and that's here on this this first page too. And so that'll that'll calculate you know what the cost of each appointment is based on that. So it's not a payroll, exactly. It's not a payroll, but it does allow for cost of goods sold and margins on your job, which is you know. Your business to make money. How much money are you making? I don't know. That's not a great answer, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, the only other thing that's really going to help uh, new users out, guys. First and foremost, the the profile uh, drop down menu. So if they just need to reset their password or something like that, you can just click this drop down in the upper right, and it's how they log out, right? Sometimes people don't realize that, um, but it's really useful because you're probably going to be setting a generic password for them. They want to have something secure. And that help menu, that question mark menu up at the top, you know, give them access to our support, give them access to our, you know, our, our, our blog, our help site, um, there are in-app training lessons and, you know, other things like that. And not to mention Mary is hard at work right now, setting up these amazing webinars <laughs> that will be available too. So you guys can get them in and just watch how to use the, the mobile app. If they're a technician, watch how to use, you know, the, the, the system as a, as a manager or as uh, an agent. So really just kind of wanted to highlight those because those are the things that are going to help your new employees feel comfortable, right? No one is ever going to come in to a CRM. I don't care what CRM it is. Um, no one's going to come into that and just know from day one, oh, I know every little nook and cranny of the CRM, everything's good to go, right? It's going to take a process and we want to make sure that those help um, items are there and easily accessible. Bam. Thank you, Mary. I think uh, I think from there we can jump into some service monster news, uh, so we don't uh, people listening to us for too long here. Um, we have a mobile release that's uh, prepping to go out any day now. Um, it's one point three point thirteen. We added some new features that uh, um, are. Pretty handy, especially if you're a new user coming in. First off, you can handle the QuickBooks online import um, directly from the phone now. So especially if you're a trial user or someone who's just getting started and you don't want to jump into desktop right away, um, you can get your um, accounts, your orders, or your invoices and such, uh, your history just imported via mobile now. Uh, We also added the manual appointment reminder notification, uh, like a toggle. So a lot of you guys just send out your notifications for appointment reminders automatically, and that's great. Some of you want a little bit more control over that. And the toggle itself wasn't available in mobile. So we've added that. It's very non-invasive. It's on the appointment, uh, uh, the new appointment screen. You'll see it down at the bottom. And all it is is if you want to send uh, those reminders or not. We also have some UI fixes, especially on the iOS end, and just some various bug fixes. So be on the lookout for that. 
on desktop we know you guys are chomping at the bit or at least i hope you're chomping at the bit for the fms self-help it's, it's still coming um we're, we're really kind of you know coming to the final ends of that and you know thankfully for both me and joe we definitely want this project finished um i don't believe you <laughs> <laughs> i don't believe you that it's at the final final stages well, it's been three years we've been promising this and everything seems to get in the way and we still haven't gone through the black hole that i know from an engineering point of view is coming that i don't think anyone else has thought about i'm just waiting to see what alex says well we'll find out very soon because i think i have some good news uh, after today but anywho um, don't get me excited man we also have we're, we're just going to have a kind of intermediary release uh, for 656 it has various bug and ui fixes that were initially going to go out with this fms self-help but we don't really want to hold them up we want to get those out to you guys um there's some improvements we've gone through some further changes to daylight savings time and how that is affected via the map because we want to make sure that that's uh, crystal clear for all of you guys when that day changes you know yeah daylight time to standard time we had a little bit of a weird scare for those who don't know what we're inferencing is that uh, when daylight savings times hit for a while, things needed to catch up. Um, our system didn't flip over immediately and then behave the way it should. Although come mon early Monday morning, everything was operational as normal. And so uh, it's the people who logged in and played around on Sunday who went, what the hell is going on? My jobs are drawn an hour off and uh, apologize for that. And Adam and the team are hard at work to making sure that doesn't happen in the fall. Uh, there's also some improvements to the voiding and deleting process. Um, there are, I'll even say more than a handful of times people are accidentally deleting things when they should be voiding. Um, and also a lot of new users, uh, there's a lot of confusion to voiding being part of the the order type dropdown, right? Because usually when you think of the order type, you're looking estimate, work order, or invoice. You don't really think about voiding an, an order in that manner. Uh, voiding is just putting it in like a, a, a secondary state, right? And so we've removed it from that dropdown. Um, I have hope you guys don't panic too much at that. It's super simple still to do it. There's now the delete button is titled void order. It's the exact same process you guys have already had, right? If you click that, you still have the option to delete if you want. Um, and there's a process behind that to, again, make sure you're only deleting things you want to be deleting. Um, and then obviously if the order's in the voided state, then it transfers to a delete because obviously you don't void something that's already voided. So we've been talking about this for almost a year now about making the change, um, trying to get support on board because anytime we make any sort of change like this, there's generally a day or so where there's kind of general panic and then like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And so I wanted to make sure that they were on board. Um, but yeah, we hope that that's a positive change, particularly for new users, because we want to avoid that, that, that level of confusion there. Um, there's some other UI improvements there's some bug fixes and such. We'll have full release notes out. And uh, yeah, I think from there, we also want to talk about Spring FMS. So Michael, why don't you jump on that really quick? Yeah, so first day of spring actually is in two days, I believe. I believe it's the 20th. Today's 18th. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Well, the map um, is so spot yeah, on. Sure. The, yeah, the window for uh, getting your spring cards out is very small now. So we have quick turnaround. 
I believe it's three to five days for these seasonal campaigns uh, once you place the order. So um, you still have plenty of time, but make sure to get those in now. This is a great opportunity to get more repeat jobs this spring um, and, and just get your schedule filled because that's the name, fill my schedule. So boom, there we go. I'll put a link in the show notes here. So sorry, I had to, it's the, the name is great. I love the name, fill my schedule. It fills your schedule. It's fantastic. So I went there. Yes. But that's it. Get your order There's in now. There's a story behind that, but I'll reserve that for today. Yeah. <laughs> um, very nice. Very nice. Uh, and yeah, Michael will have a link to that. We'll also, any of the other kind of big things like the, like the, the e-myth and some other things, we'll have the um, easy access to that too if you guys are curious. So with that, let's finish off. Let's jump into some smug posts really quick. Um, First one came in from Eric. He was asking about the formula to calculate daily totals. And so we actually have a help article on this, I believe, as well. Um, but Brenda kind of came in uh, and just kind of explained there are some, you know, some things we filter out, right? So if it's an order type of estimate, if it's the appointment type of estimate, um, and if it's a rework or pickup, there are other things like that. Um that will filter that out. It's also going to split between how many different appointments you have, right? So if you have a $500 appointment and you know two trucks are going out, each of those routes is going to you know split that in half. So just kind of be aware of some of those things. Um, the order totals themselves are not meant to necessarily be something you're running um, all of your daily revenue totals off of. We have very detailed reports for that. It's mostly to give you guys an at a glance and make sure that you're easily scheduling or you're weighing the routes correctly, right? Especially if you're commission based and you're given, you know, one truck a thousand dollars and the other trucks getting, you know, two hundred. At some point, that's going to cause some friction, most likely. Even if you know the truck A is a rock star, right? So things like that. Um, anything, and this is dangerous, Joe, anything you want to add on to that? I know it's been a friction point. No, we'll, we'll, we'll just move on. So, uh, the next post, you know, Michael, I'm just gonna let you kind of talk about the, uh, the testimonials. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I, I posted in smug, uh, last week, just asking if we had any fill my schedule users who would like to send us a testimonial about their experience using fill my schedule, how it helped them grow their business, all that, um, along with a photo of themselves so that, um, we could feature it on our new FMS page inside of service monster. Um, Adam and the, uh, dev team have done a fantastic job, um, getting this page set up and we want to have actual user testimonials in there with pictures. So it's, you know, just looks nice and, uh, is more legit. So if, uh, we got, I got one response, so I'd like more than one if possible. Um, Adam would love that too. So, uh, if you guys, if you're listening to this and you're a film, my schedule user and you have, uh, especially if you have like some sort of, we've had many that have a good number, like, Oh, increased the, oh, my ROI was like 400% or it helped me this way, you know, kind of thing. Um, send us in a short testimonial testimonial. You can email it to, uh, marketing at servicemonster.net. If you're in smug, um, you can just send me a message on Facebook through that as well. Um, whatever, whatever way you want to get it to us. We absolutely love, um, some testimonials there. And as a quick, um, side thing along with that, um, I've been working on our website, um, doing some new testimonials on there. And I'd love if we have any users, especially you guys who've been with us for a really long time and are like service monster power users, if you would be willing to send 
me a short testimonial um, with a picture of yourself just related to Service Monster. This is a separate thing from the Fill My Schedule thing. Um, just your experience overall with Service Monster. If you're willing to send me something, I would absolutely love to feature that on our website. Have your name, your picture, your company name um, as uh, featured as one of our like testimonial, testimonial users. So testimonial is a hard word for me to say today Link to their site and <laughs> yeah so yeah forth. link to your site yeah all that so so it could be a good backlink yeah yeah it'd be it'd be awesome and uh i, I love getting our users faces kind of out there aligned with our product um it's really fun to be able to do that so send me an email facebook message whatever marketing at servicemonster.net um yeah that's all i got for that one so uh, i'm gonna jump in here real yep. quick guys we do tons of free content for you guys, not just because you're service monster users, but because you're business owners and our mission is to help business owners. We don't ask for things very much. So if you've had a great experience with service monster, if you've had a great experience with fill my schedule, it would be very helpful to us to get that to Michael. And so, for as little as we ask for for doing this kind of content, I think that's a small ask if you have indeed benefited from either or both of those products. Please and thank you. Yes, please, please and thank, thank you. you. Russell Polite over here. Yes. Um, yeah. So the, definitely excited to get some of that uh, rolling. The next question comes from Colby, and he was kind of asking how different uh, – management teams are applying coupons, discounts, uh, and certain things like that. He's looking to start a refer a friend campaign and kind of wanted to just get some advice on how best to do that in the system. And Service Monster is very adaptable. And so a lot of users had different kind of ways they went about doing this. If it's a short-term thing, you can obviously create a promo and you can um, process it that way with what line items you want to have and what that promotion is going to be. And you can track the results of that promotion, right? If it's an ongoing thing, um, you can just create a line item, right? That's just like a, a discount or a special. I, I know a lot of users have very set discounts. There's a senior discount that I've seen a lot, and a veteran's discount maybe, um, things like that that they just want to have just on hand as line items. And they'll just you know set whatever that is. It, 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 if you're using the line item method, make sure that it's you know a negative number. You're subtracting that amount, right? Not adding it to the order. Um, what's nice about that is it's really easy to run a report on your line items in very specific details. And so you can see, you know, how well that special is doing, you know, how it's affecting maybe the bottom line, maybe, you know, it, if you need to change up what the discount amount is, make it higher, make it lower, et cetera. It's really easy to run analytics on that. Um, there's also uh, Pete reached out and while he didn't mention specifically what it is, I just wanted to shout out here. Pete says that they have a referral reward program um, and he'd be happy to share with them. And so I think they connected via DM. Um, they don't use specific coupons, but I always like to see when, when users are willing to kind of offer what's worked for them um, to other users. So shout out to Pete. Last but not least, uh, we had a post from Eric um, kind of just wanted to know how, Leads, how many leads are received versus how many estimates were booked and how many jobs were completed and so forth. And there are multiple ways you can go about this in the system again. Um, but the easiest way is if you're running campaigns that are bringing leads in and you just want to track that, use the campaign results report. It's going to show you as long as you're as long as you're attaching that lead source right to whatever campaign it is. It's going to show you how many of that campaign brought in, how many actually had an estimate created, and then how many actually invoiced out. 
Um, that's really easy to kind of track, you know, ROI and things like that. If you're marking transactions, um, which if you guys don't know about, uh, you can, if you have external kind of campaigns going on, because that's really what lead sources are, right? We have campaigns that are within service models. You also have external campaigns, like you're running Google ads and you're paying an X amount each month. You guys can set that amount door hangers. Exactly. Maybe you're, you're going old school and you're, you have a bunch of business cards that you're, or um, uh, trade shows and things like that, that. You are going to every month or whatever it might be. You can track the costs of those. Um, and if you go into the marketing campaign itself, there's a transactions tab and you can create the transaction and that's, you know, Hey, this is, this was $500. Um, and then you can track the results and it'll, it'll, it will track your ROI. So it's really, if you guys aren't doing that, I highly recommend you are. Um, but just wanted to shine a light on that. So, um, otherwise though, Joe, I think that's all, that's all I got for you. Good. It's about time we kill this beast. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of great content. Uh, although, you know, trying to capture your attention for that long, you've got work to do. And hopefully as the weather warms up and as, uh, vaccines get done and the pandemic continues to ease, we will, uh, we will be very, very busy in the weeks ahead. So thank you so much for your attention. And uh, we hope we have brought you value today. Be safe.